Welcome to this edition of Rural Perspectives, brought to you by Egg Country Farm Credit Services. I'm Megan Overby on behalf of the Red River Farm Network, and joining the podcast this week is Andy Zink, a retirement and succession planner with Egg Country. Thanks so much for taking time to talk, Andy, and let's jump right into it. We got a few things we're going to talk about. So uh, one of them being the importance of having an updated estate plan. You know, how does that plan work with your operation and today's factors? So let's dive right into that topic, Andy. Uh, For those who maybe aren't as familiar with estate plans, what they all entail, can you give us kind of the basics of that plan? Sure, Megan. Well, first, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, generally, an estate plan is, is, is there's lots of different types or components of it, but we look at kind of a basic plan as including a will, a last will and testament, possibly a revocable living trust. And then also, and what those documents do mainly is, is they, they plan for what happens in the, at, at your passing. Uh, it also included in, a, in, a, in an estate plan. Uh, generally, but we want to see a durable power of attorney for for making financial decisions in the event of your incapacity, as well as a healthcare directive. And that's a document that you appoint a person or people to make healthcare decisions for you if you're unable to. Finally, with with kind of that general rule with estate planning, we want to make sure your assets are titled properly. And this kind of gets into some other areas, but estate tax planning, for example. Uh, some states, Minnesota being one example, we need to make sure that the estate tax plan is in place in your estate plan, such as your will or revocable living trust, uh, in order to to allow for both spouses to use their exemption. Uh, a couple examples of this include a use of a disclaimer trust or a, a bypass trust, or what's called an AB trust, that makes sure that when the first spouse passes, the survivor can elect to... Um, bypass or utilize the exemption at the first spouse's death. Um, again, getting into the weeds there a little bit, but uh, that those are those are the standard components of, a, of an estate plan that we start with. And then we add to that depending on the on the particular um, operator's needs. So I guess my big question for you, Andy, then based off of what you're saying is, I think the hardest part about an estate plan is starting it. So what would you encourage farmers or ranchers to do to start this planning process? Uh, can you really ever be too young to do so? That's a really good point. And the answer is no. I mean, everybody needs an estate plan. Nobody's promised tomorrow. And these estate plans, we, we always say they kind of live right along with you, right? And and so when you're young, uh, growing family, um, growing business, those types of things, an estate plan is critical for a variety of reasons. Uh, think about estate planning, not just having, uh, when you're young, for example, not just having um, a will in place, but what happens to your family should you pass away untimely? What happens financially? Are there financial resources available to pay off debt, for example, to to make sure that uh, income replacement needs are met, that type of stuff? So we need to look broader at estate planning, not just having a will or, or a trust, although that's incredibly important, but it's it, what are your needs and, and are you protecting those needs? And then as time goes on, our needs change too. Um, one of the things that that we talk about a lot is make sure that your plan is updated, right? 
in my business, I see a lot of people who come in and want have an estate plan, quote unquote estate plan, but it's 30 years old. They set it up when they were in their 20s or 30s with young kids. Now those kids are all grown up and have kids of their own. So that plan has become outdated, right? So we need to update that. Another example of needing to update a plan is, is especially important when we're working with a transition of a farming operation. So let's say we have um, four kids, one of which has been farming and is transitioning into the operation. We have a farm transition plan in place that's working in life, right? So we're working with mom and dad, we're working with farming child, and working on transferring ownership, management, working on the income tax implications and such. The estate plan needs to fit into that as well. In other words, we need to have that estate plan work with the transition plan that's being put together. I'll give you an example of something to avoid. Let's say that these people have an, uh, their transition plan going and it's working fine. Everybody's alive and well, transferring assets, communicating well, and then all of a sudden there's an untimely death. Mom or dad passes away untimely. They have a will that's 30 plus years old. That will says everything goes equally to my four kids. That worked at that time 30 years ago, but that's not going to work now with that new, with one of those children working into the operation. We need to make sure that in the event of the death, that those assets are consistently transferred with the plan. So we need to make sure that that farm transition plan can continue with the estate plan. So that's one example of updating, making sure you have an updated plan. I know it's particularly important for uh, farm transition planning. Mm -hmm. Well, and as you talk about all this, Andy, you know, I think of myself or my brother or, you know, other family members that farm and we're getting to that age where, you know, some of these conversations are definitely going to happen. So what is your piece of advice for like the example you gave, a young farmer that is in that process of starting that transition, how do you start that conversation? Because we all know sometimes uh, people aren't very open and willing to talk about these types of things, or they just don't right. think it's important. Right, right. Um, well, the first one is just to have a real, you know, the importance of communication really, really is the center of this. And and that's really a cliche thing to say, but it's so critical in our line of work. Um, the fact is that we all, something will happen, right? And, and we can either plan for it or we can pretend that it's not doesn't exist, like you said. And that, that latter choice is, is easy to do because nobody likes to think about their own mortality. Nobody likes to think about these things. And frankly, they're hard decisions, so it's, it's very easy to just put them off. But... To get started, I suggest finding a resource, finding finding somebody or a team that will help you um, get those conversations started. You know, oftentimes I'll sit down with the family and and we'll just kind of start talking about what the farm looks like and 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 get ask some familiar questions, and then we'll get into some of the the visions or some of the the goals. What what are what are mom and dad's goal with with their farm? You know, are they looking to retire? What does that vision of retirement look like? And then bringing in that next generation and asking the same questions and just getting that conversation started and seeing where we're similar and where we need to have some more communication or understanding. 
but that that communication and starting it and finding that trusted resource to help guide you through that is is my suggestion on on how to get the process started. Mm-hmm. So I guess my final question for you, Andy, is you know we've talked a lot about getting this plan started or updating it, but what is the process like when this plan actually goes into action? Good question. So. I'm assuming you're, you mean in the event of a of a yep. person's death. Yes. Right. That depends on the type of plan that you set up, Megan. So, it's a good example here of 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 there's there, talk about an estate plan. Generally, people either go one of two ways. They use what's called a last will and testament, or they use a revocable living trust. And think of these as two types of vehicles and two different options. Um. The last will and testament is a good tool, but some argue that it's not the best tool because it goes through probate. Probate is the court proceeding when someone passes away and their assets haven't already been specified or determined or or directed towards um, the heirs. So they, they go into a person's estate and then that estate needs to be administered and, and um, managed, um, or go through this court proceeding, which is called probate. And probate uh, can take time. Um, there's there's waiting periods. There's there's um, a lot of times people will say, "Well, this is taking way longer than I thought." And um, whether that's part of your goal or not, uh, depending on whether you want to avoid probate, then we look at the other alternative, and that would be a revocable living trust. Revocable living trust is your plan that says, here's what happens in the event of my incapacity and also at my passing. But the key distinction here is you put your assets into the trust. You have them controlled by the trust for the most part. There are a few exceptions, but for example, we have your land. Instead of the land being owned by the individual, you retitle the land into the name of the revocable living trust. Because it's retitled in the trust, when you pass away, that trust has an action plan that can set, be set forth immediately. Doesn't have to go through probate. So there's a more there's an efficiency piece to that. On the other hand, some will argue that that a revocable living trust um, requires you retitling twice, retitling when you put the assets into the trust, and then retitling again when you administer the trust and they go through who, whomever the heirs are. So. It really depends on your circumstances. It depends on your asset ownership, where they're located, what your um, what state you're in, and and what your what fits you best as far as what type of plan you want to look for. And then that goes back to the to a reoccurring theme with this conversation: finding that team, finding that person that you trust to help work through this, finding that resource. Uh, one of the things I like about my position at Egg Country is I I have nothing to sell you other than my time, right? I'm I'm working as a as a resource as a consultant to to work through these different things, be it estate planning, farm transition, farm business planning, asset protection, that type of thing, and being that resource for you, talking about what would work best for you, and being centered in agriculture, having a, a lot of experience with that, so. Well, I think a good note to end on then, Andy, is how do people get a hold of the folks at Ag Country and 
start this process? Sure. Well, we have three consultants that serve our association. Myself, uh, VP of our of our department, Russ Tweeten, and Bobby Sondrio. Russ is based out of our Fargo office, Bobby out of our Grand Forks office, and I'm out of our Morris, Minnesota office. The best thing to do would be to contact your local A country office um, and and ask about our services, and then they would be able to put you in touch with either Russ, Bobby, or myself, whomever would be that consultant serving your particular region. That's the latest edition of the Rural Perspectives podcast by A Country Farm Credit Services. Find out more by visiting acountry.com. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Megan Overby for the Red River Farm Network.